go. Right. Guys, welcome back. We are back after a very long Eid break. Nice. Um, we had some good time away. I was away in Macedonia. I was uh, in uh, Sicily. Sicily. I was in Italy, yeah. Mafioso. I had to go visit the Godfathers. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was um, but yeah, look, absolutely unbelievable to, to have um, pretty much a full week off, bar one day, yeah. which was amazing for what we're talking about today. Um, today we're talking about team culture. This is going to be a two-part series because there is so much to discuss. We're going to get into it. Um, there are many different angles to approach this from, but we think that we've got a lot of decent content for you. Uh, it's about understanding where culture sits, who's responsible for it, uh, how it all comes together, and, and how everyone can play their role in, in building a creating team culture. A, creating culture, for sure. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of misconception. There's a, there's a story I was listening to this morning uh, yeah. by Richard Branson. When he first, so of course, Richard Branson's background was in music. It was, and when yeah. he first started. Uh, it was actually, did you know it was actually a magazine before that? It was a student. Really? He first started a student magazine in university. And then uh, he true, built, which he was Virgin. He, he, built, yeah. he built that up. Yeah. And then, uh, so I think it was called The Student or something. I forget what it was. I read the book a long time ago. And then he went into music. And then he and opened then the record store. The and then airlines, started to yeah. roll from there. So basically, the story that I heard was even the name Virgin, when he yeah. tried to actually register the name, it was yeah. too offensive. And people, for Especially two or three years. It was like the 70s or something. Exactly. Right? So. For like two or three years, people didn't want to register the name Virgin until he actually went to the, to the dictionary and said, yeah. Virgin means pure and then okay. they and then he kind of like gave them another alternative meaning and he's yeah. like look it's not offensive it just means pure and then they finally agreed to register it but the nice story there was when he first started the airlines of course yeah. he had no clue about aviation in general okay and uh, the reason why he wanted to start a new airlines is he he wanted to enhance the experience while he traveled in the air okay so he wanted to give people an, a travel experience that was a bit more entertaining and uh, the story has it that he went to uh, i guess airbus or boeing and, and yeah. took a secondhand uh, oh, airplane and uh, basically told him that if I don't sell enough from now until December, you guys can have the plane back. But okay. then everything went well. So he covered himself. But the, uh, the, the, the cool thing there is, is the, the way that he managed to create a company that, that, is, that is really delivering a, a good service to, to their clients is by creating a culture from the, from the start. Yeah. So he's surrounded by himself by people who, first of all, knew what they were doing. So mm -hmm. they were the right people. Yeah. Uh, his CEO at the time was an engineer, okay. uh, sort of an okay. airplane engineer. So he wanted to make sure that safety was, was really important for, for the company. But then also he surrounded himself by people who were not negative, were not you know, um, criticizing people all the time. And, and, and he kind of highlighted kind of that, that super, positive outlook. Exactly. Right? And, and, he had to, and there was, of course, the, the two-way trust. Like he had to trust the, the A team, which was surrounding him, mm -hmm. to make sure that his vision is getting implemented to the to the to the way he expected. Well, I mean, it, one of the one of the sort of one of his core, let's say, uh, statements that he says across all of his businesses is: if you look after your employees, they'll look after your customers. Hundred percent. And I think that he's yeah. um, no, he's a he's a model of that. You know, as he said, well, as you were saying off camera earlier, now when he set that business up, he didn't know the first thing about aviation, right? Yeah. So how on earth do you start an airline? when you don't know the first thing about aviation. But it's interesting because many people that, that do go into that space don't know to, I mean, how many pilots start airlines? I mean, I don't know the stats, but I'm sure it's very, very few, right? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting that that's, you know, it's, it's the core skill set of, of that industry, yet how many of those people are actually running yeah. those sort of businesses, which then tells us that the people that are running those businesses, such as Richard Branson, don't know many of the skill sets mm. that are actually required to deliver the core service that they're offering to their customers. So therefore, how do you maintain, how do you build a business in that, in, in that way? And it has to come down to trust and it has yeah. to come down to the right people. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, to, before even, uh, I would want to take a step back as well. I mean, before developing the right team, the guy had the balls to call 
Airbus and say, Bo- I think it was Boeing. Okay, yeah, yeah, then yeah, just Boeing. say, uh, "Hey guys, I'm Richard Branson. Can I yeah. have a secondhand plane from you guys?" Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, like, who are you, anyways? You yeah. know what I mean? And just the fact that he actually took that step. Yeah. It and and I think that 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 barrier sometimes in our minds, like when whenever we want to start a company or even think about starting a business, mm. there's this massive barrier wall. Like what? Like what? Wh- do who we am start? I? Where do we Where start? Do we start? <laughs> like would they even take me seriously? Do I have a place in the market? And he didn't even think about any of that. He's like, look. Can I just have a plane? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start from and there. You know, there's actually a really interesting story just before that, that um, he was on holiday yeah. and the flight between, I think it was two islands, I'm not sure where it is. I think, I've got an idea it might've been in the Caribbean somewhere. And the, um, the flight got canceled. So everybody that was supposed to be on that flight was sat yeah. in the airport and everyone was trying to find different ways to get to where they needed to be, et cetera, et cetera. They're all trying to go to the one specific destination. Now he couldn't find, or none of them could find a, a viable route to get to that destination. So he went and found, um, uh, he, he found a, a plane and a pilot. Okay. And he just said, right, $20 a, a seat, whatever That was it his is. first That chartered. was his first one. He's like, <laughs> nice. just puts, puts a board up. He's like, sell. he just sold all the seats. He, he, did, one, he did one deal with the guy with the, nice. that had a plane. Yeah. And then he sold all the other seats to the other people that are waiting. And that Amazing. Was, and that, I that think, was where I, it started. I think the reason why we bring up Richard Branson is because he's, he's a guy that definitely, uh, you know, penetrated so many different industries. Yeah. But m- maybe without... Uh, his knowledge about the industry. Yeah, not like he didn't have the right knowledge for no, it. No, I mean, he, he runs trains across the UK. He doesn't drive trains. Yeah, yeah, what does he know about trains? Nothing. And it's, 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 it's about like creating the right people uh, or hiring the right people for the right jobs exactly. to make sure that the, the culture is the, is the right culture as well. If you get that, and, and he's, he, he just goes to show, if you can get the culture right within a business, within a startup, and, in, and that's planned from day one, yeah. you can literally do anything. You can operate yeah. in any in any space if you if you hire the right people, you surround yourself with the right people, you give them the freedom to make the decisions yeah. that they need to make because they're the experts, and then you just double down on those strengths over and over again. As you can see, he's got like what two hundred odd businesses yeah. in multiple different yeah, yeah, industries yeah, sure. all across the globe because he keeps doing that. So I'd say the first takeaway is definitely hire the right people. Hmm. If if you want to start building a strong culture make sure that the people that you're integrating within your culture yeah first of all is of the same kind of mindset you know they're, they're the people that you would trust personally you would trust to mm. make sure that whenever they're interacting with the rest of your team members they they create that that environment and vibe as well and they carry on the the culture that you have you have in mind so uh, look, i think when it, it starts from from the very beginning before you start hiring people you need to understand what do you want your organization to look like what do you what environment do you want to create you need to map that out mm. and understand, okay, what, what, what's the, what is this culture going to be? How do I want to operate this business? Because in the beginning, it's just the one person, right? Yeah. And then you need, to sort of, you need to start to map that out and say, right, well, when I start going into this hiring process, which sometimes can take quite a while, you might be in business six months before you hire the first person. Yes, sure. You might be in business yeah. two years. It just depends on the industry you're in and the nature of what you're doing. But once you've decided, I'm gonna go down the route of bringing people on, and therefore, even if there's just one other person, mm. we're now gonna start to create a culture culture you need to map out exactly what you want that to look like because then when you go through the hiring process you can look for people that have those values and are motivated by the same things if you get that wrong from the beginning it's very very difficult to change somebody's personality to match your um, desired outcome of culture if you don't get the right people in the room for sure but if yeah. you get the right people around the table there's it's you know it's untold what you can do exactly and i think 
That, that's a great example of, of culture starts with interacting from one another as well. Mm. I think, especially when we, when we have a company, let's say we have a group of people that are working together and you've got a new hire on board, the way that they start adapting with the culture is when they start interacting with everyone in the team. Yeah. Because they start learning about what's, you know, what's okay, what's not okay. And culture starts from you, whether you're the leader or you're the, you're the employee. Yeah. It starts both ways. It and does. there's a lot of uh, misconception about, you know, okay, cool, like cultures get set and maybe the, the vision of, of the company and the culture is set from the leader team or leadership yeah. team. But at the end of the day, it's your own personal culture. And because we do live in a, so, uh, a very sort of multicultural society, yeah. we might have a lot of, when we do have a lot of differences. So mm. understanding those differences and understanding that, you know, we've got to be tolerant. We've got to be uh, flexible, understanding, lenient. Mm -hmm. And also we've got to understand where do we implement our own culture to make sure that if there is a negative, you know, uh, uh, ripple effect that's happening within the group around you, you're able to stop it. Yeah. So that's that's something I, important I, I, as well. I completely agree with that. And and I suppose the takeaway f from from that for the listeners here is whether you're in a leadership team, when, when you're part of a leadership team, and and, and that could be at, at, at any single level within a business, or you're you know you're you're starting your out with your career and you're just you're part of the team so there's two there's two sides to this there's a really clear takeaway from this for both uh, both parties here and that's that's complete ownership mm -hmm. of culture culture is not about what management dictates to the team culture as you said off camera earlier is if somebody walks over to the desk how do you engage with that person Therefore, you own the culture as much as management owns the culture. Of that interaction. Exactly, because yeah, yeah. at that individual interaction, culture comes from interaction between people. And that's not just necessarily between management and team. Yeah. It's also with team and team. For sure, yeah. So therefore, if you're working in an environment, you are just as responsible for culture as anyone else within that environment. Now, what do you do if you're in a shitty culture? Mm. No, and, and let's be honest, you know, we're in, in a position where we deal with a lot of different companies, a lot of different people. Mm. We're interviewing a lot of different people because we're growing the business. So we're having a lot of conversations around culture and, and people are, are coming to us because they, they see us as a, as, a, as a place that does have a good culture. And you know, we're proud to say that you know, it's something yeah. that we do invest a lot in. Now, with regards to if you're in that space and you're in a bad culture, how can you approach that? Firstly, it's to understand that you're just as uh, much part of this as anyone else in the team. Now, that doesn't mean that you can fix it on your own. Leadership have to have a major role in playing with this. So mm -hmm. how, how, do you, how do you approach it? You have to, there's two ways. Firstly, you have to approach it head on. There's no, there's no uh, getting around this yeah. you have to have a meeting with with the senior team have a meeting with your boss explain how you feel about what the culture is within the agency how you feel it can change and not pushing it all back onto mm -hmm. them but saying this is how i would like to see things change this is how i will contribute to this i've spoken to abc and P the people this is what we would like to do to change things and then see what that reciprocative conversation is let's see how you can start to change the dynamic mm. If that doesn't work, if you have a direct conversation, and even if, those, if there's promises made, if actions aren't then taken, then maybe it's not the right place for you to be working. Mm. Um, but it's, it, there's, there's definitely a, a, there's an opportunity to for change sure. culture. And just to, to add something more there as well, I mean, even if you raise, let's say, some concerns that you've got about the culture within your environment to, mm. to your leadership team, and you realize that, honestly, maybe your leadership team isn't paying attention or doesn't want to pay attention to the flagged uh, situations that you've had in mind, what I would recommend is continue, like, protect your own culture. And but what I mean by that is if you've got a personal standard of dealing with people and, and wanting that environment around you to, to be, 
you've got control over that. Yeah. So don't be the victim by saying, look, it's my environment because you're in control of your, your immediate environment, which means is if it is, a cult, if it is a negative culture, you could choose to stop that negativity as yeah. soon as it comes your way. You choose to engage in that negativity, exactly. right? And I think that if, if you maintain that sort of standard that you want to put yourself in, yeah. it, even if your leadership team isn't really engaging with the problematic uh, issues within the culture, mm. and if you are in a corporate environment, you're going you're gonna to stand out from the rest. And let's say if it's a C-level, let's say, decision made that yeah. one day they want to create a new leadership team, yeah. you're going to be looked at as somebody who's different. 100%. And that's, that's something that you definitely should not compromise whenever you're, even if you're in a bad situation, don't compromise on your own personal standard of wanting to be that, like, or, or, or creating that culture around you. Yeah. So that's, uh, and that's, that's important. That, that, that's owning how you engage, right? Yeah. So 100% that yeah. ties back into that, to that ownership side. And I think when, I mean, we, we, yesterday we had a meeting with one of our clients that came in and uh, yeah. it was amazing to see them like, you know, as soon as they walked in, they were like, wow, you, like it's a cool vibe. And I feel like yeah. as soon as everybody walks in and says, it's a cool vibe, yeah. that's, you know, that's the culture that we're creating. And that's, that's the kind of energy that we're, we're transmitting. And I feel the, the added value to that is you start attracting clients that want to work with you. Yeah. So it's not just about attracting employees who want to be part of your team, yeah. but also the, the, the working environment with clients is effective. Because 100%. that's that you know that ripples down to that Th as well. There's two sides to it. Look, if you're if you're in a leadership position in terms of um, running a team, running a business, you've got a startup, you're starting to hire a few people. There are real benefits on both sides. It's not, it's there, there's there's the humanity side of it, and it's it is the right thing to do, and it is what you should mm. do. You're dealing with humans. Be human. Oh. <laughs> um, be human and create the environment that you want to be part of. But on the other side to it, there's obviously is, there's real benefits to the business here. Yeah. You you will have um, a better selection of people that want to be part of your business because you you create an environment that people want to be part of. Everybody doubles down. Everybody feels part of it. Um, other people decide they want to be part of that, whether that be clients coming in and wanting to do business with somebody, whether that be um, uh, key people from from the industry that, that decide they want to work in this environment. Sure. Yeah. So all of a sudden it actually helps, everything helps each other. You help the, the, the actual, the mental side and the human side of creating a, an environment of good, uh, of great people. And then there's also the business side of it where you're gonna build a stronger, more stable, more productive business because, you know, because you're doing the right thing. Definitely, definitely. And I think, I mean, now that we've established the importance of creating a, a positive and important culture, mm. the, the benefits then of, of creating that culture, like we said, is, you know, clients want to work with you. you you're attracting the top talents of, of mm. the industry and the teams. And also that you've got an instilled per high standard performance for your company. So mm. you've, you've instilled a culture that's so comfortable for people. So that means you're retaining the good talent within your team and company. Yeah. But also that, that, that gives you the, the stretch and flexibility that you're able to deliver out to the market something that's of a high standard you know, uh, product or service. Of course. And, and that, that affects you know, quite a bit. If you're trying to be a leader in an industry, start with the culture and then watch how that ripples yeah. to every single aspect of your business. No, I, t I totally agree. So let, let's get into a couple of the... Uh, um, the areas that, that we think that need a little bit more focus in order to create a good culture. Like how do you go about this? Um, one of the first things that we, that we say from, from day one here um, is absolute respect. Um, yeah. So absolute respect can come uh, both internally and externally. Um, internally is the, certainly the more obvious one with regards to absolute respect of, of coworkers. And as you were saying just, um, just earlier, like what, what, why do you feel that is such an important um, element in this particular market? 
I think that we are living in a, such a like diverse community and, and we have so many different cultures and we've seen it in so many times when we walk into a meeting and look, I grew up here and I still yeah. sometimes get a little bit sort of in, a, in yeah. an odd situation where if I'm, you know, if, if there's an Emirati woman, for example, I'm yeah. trying to say hi to, I don't extend my hand, I wait for her to extend her hand yeah. if she wants to handshake. And I feel like those small like things where you need to be aware of just to, 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 to be respectful to the culture and to yeah. start with and also to understand uh, to just show that you really you you you, you did your research to understand their, their background uh, exactly so that. the sensitivities around different backgrounds and different cultures because we live in in this country where yeah. it's mixed from so many different nationalities is very important so being aware of everyone else's culture will give yeah. you that advantage yeah. you know what i mean so that you don't have an awkward situation or you don't offend anyone else yeah look i think a prime example that we've just come through here now is, is ramadan right yeah so ramadan is a, is a prime example of um of understanding cultural sensitivities if you might not necessarily partake in ramadan as in like you might you may not, you might be, not be fasting you might not be fasting yeah. you may not be a muslim um, and so therefore ramadan is something that you will be engaging in just by living here however it's not necessarily part of your culture yeah. or culture that you grew up with um, but then understanding the seven sensitivities around that and showing absolute respect to co-workers that might be fasting yeah. um, and and that really doubles down when when people see somebody else respecting their belief system they would appreciate you they appreciate more, yeah. that so much of more of course they of do course. And, and and as you said we're in such a multicultural society here i mean we, if we just look in the office that we've got here you know almost 60 people um do we know how many nationalities you've got oh i don't but so many nationalities but even outside of nationalities that's i mean that's an easy one it's, it's yeah. everyone's grown up in a different way for sure everyone's grown up with uh, different challenges different backgrounds Yes, they've come from different countries, um, but everyone's had their own life um, experience, yeah, their own life experience, yeah. and their own journey to get to where they are now. And now they're all sat within a particular environment as we ha are in this business now. So everyone needs to understand that you don't know everyone's life journey and you don't necessarily know their, their, their background, their family situation mm -hmm. and all of these things. But if you show complete respect to the person next to you and their belief system and you value their belief system as much as you value your belief system, what you will find is you'll create that culture of respect with each other yeah. and then, and then the ability to work with each other is just so much better and It'll you start be to build so that much easier, culture. For sure. um, the second part of it, as you said, is the is the external, when you actually, you're engaging with yeah. somebody. So let's Clients say the, the, the Emirati lady and you course. walk into the meeting yeah, yeah. And, and that's somebody that might be outside of the business. So sure. that absolute respect internally then flows through to absolute respect for clients as well. And that's not just because you're doing business with them, but that's, that's you putting your front foot forward as a business. Yeah. That's your, that's someone's coming into contact with one of the team members and they get absolute respect shown to them. And that starts to be the touch point of your business. Uh, exactly, exactly, and the face of it. And uh, I think a second point that we wanted to cover about uh, uh, creating the culture is, from my, from my perspective, is space. Like yeah. we, we're blessed here to, at the moment to have this amazing space where people yeah. can actually maybe uh, disconnect from the work desk and then move around and maybe go to a creative space. But if you don't have that in your office space, then maybe creating outdoor activities with your, with your team members or with your yeah. team would help create that sort of personal human connection. Because I've seen it so many times, and especially in, in big corporations where people have been working in the same company for like five or 10 years, but they don't know anything about each other. They're not even friendly. Yeah, they're, they're not, not even, even friendly. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to be friends like in terms of outside no. the workspace, you're not but at best least mates. But you got to be like exactly. You got to be kind of yeah, like you got to know yeah. each other a bit, right? Hundred percent. And 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 just even yeah. knowing facts about the person, where yeah. where you know personal information, personal facts, and that comes from creating those in, environments and events. And and that's something that the leadership team should take action with when it comes to creating the social well, engagement. I, I I totally agree. And, and you know what we've seen. <laughs> 
look, we've all read about this, about how you know, space is, has such yeah. an impact on team culture and you know, we, we read books on this sort of stuff, but I've only recently seen it in action when we moved from the offices yeah. downstairs, which could have been any office. It was like a lawyer's office with some paint on the wall. Yeah. And that was it. It was not, it was, it wasn't a cool a, graffiti wall. It wasn't a creative <laughs> space, but like we moved from there to this environment. As you can see, look, there's, it's a nice, Parts, it's a nice yeah. spot here. There's a different breakout areas. There's different areas for people to work. And we've already noticed the different personalities and different people yeah. are starting to congregate sure. in different areas. Some people like yeah. to work on the sofa. Some people sit at the desks. Um, but creating the right space for people has really helped um, shape the culture of how people are interacting because there's different sort of pockets of environments about where people can have these social interactions. And it's something we really need to consider. And it was your first point today mm. that culture comes from interactions between two people yeah. and between a group of people. And it becomes that sh those shared norms of communication, those shared norms and values that people have when they start to interact with each other. Yeah. So if you can better create those environments for people to, to double down on those interactions, then that's how you foster culture. You, you, right? you manifest a culture, um, for sure. But what do you do if you don't, I mean, one side is if you're not moving into big offices mm. and you're moving into, let's say, a shared workspace like a business center, mm. find a business center like WeWork or something like that um, that actually matches this, what yeah. you're trying to do. Does it have little breakout areas? Yep. Is there a writable wall with beanbags? And it might sound silly, but there's a reason why someone like Google invests millions upon millions in every office around the world to create that space. For sure. It's all built on psychology. It's all built on their understanding of how people interact. And it's all built on their understanding of how that affects productivity there's a they don't they don't do anything by accident yeah, yeah definitely no so I, how do you I do it if you agree. don't if you don't have an office space what how do you take people I out the i mean uh, for sure i think activities you know like outdoor activities or activities outside of work is super important i mean so that's after work drinks exactly and, after, okay. or it could be uh, if we go to the desert we've done a few, few yeah, activities yeah, yeah, in yeah. the desert uh, the or, atvs the, exactly, bikes, yeah, the santa like, claus outfits so it could be really anything that that engages a team activity and there's yeah. there's plenty of these activities in dubai so if you are based in dubai then i'm sure there's a lot of different things that you could you can engage your team with uh, but it's it's taking the time the problem is we're sometimes so engaged with the business and so like it's not a priority but it is it is as it much is a, priority a priority than than anything else and i think that's what what from from a leadership perspective is you need to start changing your mindset because it's not just about the targets or you know like are we no. on targets or are we on plan because you need to take care of your people otherwise you're not going to achieve that target 100 percent. so if, sometimes it, it yeah. i would say even if if you are feeling that the business is going through maybe a bit of a rough time yeah probably that's the best time to actually pull back yeah. and create something for the team. Because if you want your teams to supercharge your business, then you've got to pay attention so to the team. You've got to supercharge your team. Yeah, so. That's 100%. And that, look, and, and that, it, that segues nicely into, the, into probably our final point, which is around humanity in the workplace, yeah. right? And it's about understanding business can't be run just on metrics and spreadsheets. And if you do focus just on metrics and spreadsheets, your business will only be as successful as that will allow. What what real, what strong businesses do, what high-performing businesses do, what high-performing teams do, is they focus on the individuals and they focus on this team culture as much as they focus on performance and metrics because they understand the dynamic between um, these two different conversations. One of the things that I see time and time again, certainly in this market, is a lack of humanity in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that is a real issue where people think they come in and they're, okay, I'm, I'm a manager, I've got a job to do, this is what I need to do within my box. Mm. And they're very business orientated and they go home and, yeah. that, and that's yeah. it. But what people forget is everyone here is a human. Everyone here has 
a family. Everyone here has uh, potentially, you know, they have kids they're looking after. They've got pets they're looking after. They've got yeah. friends they go for a drink with after work. They're all humans and they don't shed that walk through the door and become robots. Mm. So if you're going to treat people like robots and it's just, oh, this is a workforce of robots. No, this is a team of human beings. Yeah. And if you can bring more humanity into the workplace and really show that you care as, a, as, as, a, as an employer, if you show that you can care as a team leader, you might have just one person reporting to you. It might just be two people. It doesn't necessarily have to be an entire company. Sure. But if you show that you actually care about these people as human beings, and together you create that culture of respect, Definitely. then that's where, you, that's where you need Definitely. to be. That's where you need Agreed. to be. Agreed. So I hope we added a bit of value in terms of what the importance of culture, creating culture and the benefits of, uh, you know, having an environment that's positive and impactful to your team members and hopefully to the, to the clients around you as well. So yeah. thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Look next at week. Another great show <laughs> talking about culture. This is going to be a two-part series. Uh, we're going to put a second episode out around culture, building it, who's responsible for it. Um, and we'll just, uh, yeah, try and add as much value as we can. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks a lot for listening on the podcast. Thanks a lot for watching on the show. Thanks a lot for tuning in on live and uh, throwing a few comments on there on Instagram live. Um, <laughs> Until next week, thank you very See much. You